Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. So, thanks so much. Sure, what a blessing. Such a privilege for us to have Sam here from Uganda. He's an evangelist and he's been coming to South Africa since 2015. Eh? And he's, so he's almost part of the furniture. <laughs> but it's always a blessing to have you with us. Please join us. Come to the front along. He's, uh, this time around, he brought his family along. Uh, unfortunately, they're not here with us this evening. But uh, Justine, his wife, and uh, it's Bethany, yeah? Bethany, the oldest, and Othniel is the, the boy, the younger one. They are very um, beautiful children. We blame your wife for that. <laughs> but uh, we, it's lovely to have the whole family with us this time. And uh, we, we thank you so much for taking time to come and bless us and... Um, He's going to be traveling around the country in the next uh, few weeks, so let's keep praying for them as a family, as they minister all over the place, a couple of, couple of shofar congregations as well. And uh, let's just pray for you for a moment. Father, we thank you, Lord, for Sam and his family. We thank you that we can receive them as a gift from you, Lord. And we thank you that even for this morning, Lord, for your faithfulness, Lord, as you minister to your people, Lord. So we commit them to you and and him to you this evening, Lord. Let your kingdom come in every word he speaks, Lord. Thank you for the power of the gospel at work as he proclaims it, Lord, through the power of your spirit, Lord. And we are, we open our hearts to what you want to do. And we say, be glorified in our midst tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome, brother. Thank you. Please welcome. Amen. Can you have that short video, please? Thank you. I've, I've testified the Lord in the lives of people, and my passion is to see the life of Christ into the lives of people, coming to life, real life. And it's not just to go out, but to, still, to see the life of Christ in the lives of people. That, that is something that's so important. And I want to encourage us that we can have the same passion that Christ had for the people. And we can go where you want us to be. That crusade was in May. For four days, we had over 3,000 people gathering. And it costed a lot of money. Almost 3,000 US dollars. Only in four days was done. We baptized 73 people. We had over 400 people coming to Christ, public confession. And me, I love that when someone comes from, not just to say behind, but they walked straight. And they said, we want to believe Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And you can never underestimate what God can do in the lives of people. Before I share, I want to share a quick testimony. You see these flyers that we, or handbills we just put on, on the road, people pick up and 
Just say, invite them on crusade. One of the young men was a drunkard man. He has been to southern Sudan. And this is what happened. that He was walking to go to the witch doctor in the evening. He picked one of the flyers that we print for the poster crusade. He picked it up and looked at me and looked at the picture like it was there and said, I cannot go back to the witch doctor, the Sangomas. So the man stopped there. He came back and came on the crusade. He couldn't see me that day, but when we were baptizing people, he came drunken. He was like, mm, I want to get saved as well. And he said, I want to be baptized. We were baptizing people. And this is how the man looked like. Sometimes you may think that, you know, he's out of his senses, but this man came through and he was like, I want to be baptized. So I asked the pastor, talk to him, lead him to Christ. We shall baptize him here and there. Like Philip, he was baptized there and there. And this is what happened. I baptized this man as he was like a drunkard man. He was smearing alcohol. And I said, Jesus, you can change this man's life from today. This man gives me the testimony of what happened in his life, how he had wasted much of his money. And he said, but what I've got today, I've never felt it any point in my life. And that man was Muslim. He came to Christ. To me, that many miracles happened, but this man stood out that God called him on his way to the witch doctors. And he just picked up the flyer. And he came back. He stopped there and he came. Actually, he came on a crusade and testified. The day we were leaving Boyale in the, for after the crusade, this man, I phoned him and he told me, I'm going to look for work. That's something that never even thought of. That's what the gospel can do. That's what Jesus can do in the lives of people. So, you, somebody is made there and then and his life is changed forever. And to me, even if it was just one person who got saved, that man only, it was enough because I know his life has to change tremendously. Even on Sunday, he came to church. He never stopped there. So that is what God can do in the lives of people. You can never know that one person you're going to meet, that's the only person you're going to meet that day. Maybe it was his last day to breathe. But you have a chance to, to reach out to them. And this is my passion. There's so many people I can testify about. But I want to tell you that God can make us to become who we want us to be. God can make you. To become somebody that nobody ever thought can be. Even sometimes you can be surprised about your, your destiny. And say, God tells you, this is what is going to happen in your life. And like, me, Lord? That cannot be. Some of us, we don't even believe in ourselves. We don't have confidence in what God says that we can do. But I want to encourage us this evening that God can use, can use anybody in a mess way, in an extraordinary extraordinary way God can use because you are such a vessel a vessel of honor a vessel that has been appointed and chosen by God so I'm so privileged to be here and to share with you I thank you Pastor Yaku and Pastor Philip for such a privilege that you've opened up this door for me to minister 
to the saints. And I believe God is going to bless our lives tonight for the time we have. And then we shall pray in Jesus' name. Um, I want us to read the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Uh, quickly, I'm going to read from verses 5 and 6 and 7. And the Bible says, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5, 6 and 7. It says, after you will come to the hill of God where the Philistines garrison is, and it shall be as soon as you have come there, the city that you will meet, a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a harp, tambourine, fruit, and lyre before them, and they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily, and you shall prophesy with them, and be changed into another man. Verse 7 says, And it shall be when these signs come to you. Do for yourself what the occasion requires, for God is with you. We know this story, how Saul became the king. Saul comes from, he came from the tribe of Benjamin, and he was looking for the donkey of his father Kish. And he did not know that God was looking for him. Because God had already spoke to Samuel that there's a man you're going to meet on this day. And you find him. So you know the story very well. And Samuel told Saul that you must go into a place. Like he gave him direction. And say that when you come to that place, the heel of God. The heel of God. He said, and you will find these people. This group of prophets. When they are prophesying, they have the lay and the fruit and they are praising and, you know, they are doing everything. And they were coming down from the garrison of the Philistines. So which means even this place was not safe because the Philistines were always against the Israelites. Somebody was coming through that place. This moment, the Bible says that when you find them, so the whole thing for Saul was to find these people. So some of us, God can speak to you, but then you don't go. You can have a prophecy, you can have a word of wisdom, but you don't get yourself to a place where God wants to be. That's why Samuel told Samuel so that do what is required of you. So there are times that God will speak to us, but also our participation in response to what God has spoken is so important. Are we together? God can speak to you. But what shows that you believe is of faith? And faith is an action. Faith without works is dead. There's no life in that. The Bible says that many believe like we believe with them. But it never worked for them because they never mixed faith in what they believed. So it never worked for them. So faith can be activated by your response to that word. So when you receive the word of God, you respond to the word. So Saul so was told that you do what is required of you to be in that place. There is a place that all of us must be to. I'll give an example like Elijah. He called, you know, he says, before whom the Lord I stand, there shall be no rain. You know, Elijah is a man of God. He speaks the word. And he says, except by my word. So even God could not 
say, no, Elijah, what you've said won't happen. Because the Bible said, God honors the word of his messengers. Elijah said, there won't be rain for three and a half years, except by my word. And he didn't know how he was going to live. But in that crisis, God speaks to Elijah and said, go in the eastward of the brook. You stay there and the raven shall feed you from there. So Elijah had to depend on God. He had to depend on the grace and the mercy of God by obedience and responding to what God told him. Because God is specific. He said, in the eastward. He never said, go in the north. If he says, go in the east, you must go in the east. Because that's what the provision is. So Saul had to go in a place where he had to find the prophets because he was chosen as a king of Israel. He was anointed for that. But something else must have to happen to his life. The Bible says that then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily. He had to be in a place that God will meet his life. I tell you sometimes... We partake of the grace upon other people's lives. God can call you, but you can partake of the grace that God has put on other people's lives. I'll give you an example. You remember when Moses was so tired, every day in the morning he would sit down and judge Israel. And God told him, Moses... You have to get 70 of these people, bring them, 70 of them, bring them, and I'll get a spirit upon you, and I'll give to them. Just a portion of it. Just imagine one man, what was in his life could supply, be supplied to other men. And the Bible said they also prophesied. Two of them never appeared, they said there comes, but others appeared. And they began to prophesy. God can get a deposit out of your life and bless somebody else. That's why we have to reach these people, wherever they are. Because you're a vessel. Inside of you, there's something strong. There's something that God has deposited inside of you that you've not even come to be aware of. Unless you go to a place where God wants to be. He says, then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily. Acts 1.8, he says, when the spirit of God comes upon you, you shall receive power. And you shall become my witnesses. We need the power of God. We need the power. We need the anointing of God. To do what we can do. And Jesus told the disciples, do not go away from the upper room. So he gave them instruction. Don't leave that place. And something I want to tell you something that when I was studying that part, you know, that very place is a place where they were hiding actually. In the upper room. That's why they were hiding. Because one time Baba said that they were hiding there. There were those who were shut because they feared that the Jews are going to come for them. So actually it was also a place where they hid because of fear. But in the same place where they hid because of fear, the power of God formed them there. And they spoke in new tongues. And they were no longer the Peter, the Philip on the soul, but the Lord anointed them, Matthew. In the place where they had fear, the power of the Holy Spirit formed them there and they were imparted by God. And now they began to preach the gospel with boldness. That's the thing. 
You have to be in a place because God has appointed you and because he has chosen you to become such a vessel that God can use. Amen. So when the Spirit of God came upon so mightily, he said, and then you shall prophesy. There are spiritual gifts that come into our lives. We have the apostles, these ministerial gifts. We have the apostles, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. We have them. And even your others who don't fall among any of those five fold ministries. But God can use them in a different way. We have finances of the gospel like Mary Magdalene. We have them. They never preach the gospel like others. We have a Samaritan woman. She was not a qualified woman. No. She just said, come and see this man who has told me everything about me. And people came and they said, we no longer believe because you told us, but we believe because we have seen with our eyes. We have heard with our ears. The work is so simple. The message of Jesus is as simple as ABC. It's not complicated. But God is looking for a person that he can use. He's looking for a vessel. In the morning I shared and I say that, you know, we have the treasure in these earthen vessels. That the surpassing greatness of his power may not be from us, but it's from God. God is power worketh inside of you. Because the Bible says, by means of his power that worketh in us, is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all. But all this one depends on the power that worketh in us. It, it depends on the power. There is an anointing that God can connect to, that can lead the fire from his presence, that he can say, you are my chosen one. You are my appointed one. I am sending you to go where you're supposed to go. The issue is, are you willing and obedient to go where God wants to be? Are you willing to do the will of the Father? He said, do what is necessary, what is required of you. Today, the Lord is asking you, what is required of you? Do you know it? Do you know what is required of you? Do you know what the voice of God, do you know what God is saying to you? Do you know what God is ministering to your spirit? Are you in the place of the fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Are you in that place where you can hear him speak to your life? I've always told people that the people who minister by grace, but not by presence. I've seen that. The grace is there, but the presence of God is so important. That is where we need the power of the Holy Spirit. God is calling on us, church, to raise up because we are in the last days. And in the very last days. And he's looking for a vessel he can use. He's looking for somebody who says, here I am, Lord, send me. So never even thought about that. One day he will become a king. But God just chose him. We are chosen because God loved us. And that's the grace. The grace of God. The love of God found us. Saul so was looking for donkey, but God was looking for him. 
Some of us, we are running here and there, here and there. But we don't know what's the purpose of God. And one of the frustrating things now we have is people living without knowing their purpose. People living without purpose and they become so frustrated. Every morning they know what they're going to do. A year passes, they don't know what is next. But God is so faithful that he says, I'll make you. God is in the business of making people. Making them to become who we want them to be. I can testify he made me as well. Yes, he made me. Because I never, never even thought one day I'll become a preacher. In my family, I was the first one to get saved. In my lineage, I don't know anybody who has served God. I, that's, the truth. that's the truth. In my family, no one. I was the first one. In my lineage, I don't have a line at the back that I can trace and say, this person served God. I don't know anybody. But I thank God because his love found me. And from the time I said, yes, you Lord, I have seen thousands of souls. I have testified miracles. I have seen God moving in the lives of people. Do you know why? Because I'm a vessel. And you too, you're a vessel. The only thing to say, Lord, I am willing. I am willing, Lord. I am willing, Lord. Because your life does not belong to it, it belongs to God. And one day you're going to give accountability of how you lived and your work will be tested by fire. That some of us were building and using hay, non-pressure stones. And that day I tell you, your work will be tested and the reward is waiting for you. How will you stand before the master? Will you say faithful and good servant? Or you say, I don't want to say it. Oh, unfaithful. I don't want to not go there. I don't want to go before my father and say, Lord, I didn't do what you required of me. I don't want to say, I, I don't even want to think about that. When the spirit of God comes upon your life, it will come mightily. And say you shall prophesy. The spiritual gifts are being released. When the spirit of God comes upon your life. And what makes you now different. Like now you become. You turn into another person. Another man. You are not what people see on the outside. But you are what you are. Because of what Christ has deposited into your life. You are so anointed. You are so anointed. You are so loved by God. So my encouragement tonight is we come to a place where God wants us to be. Because you are such a vessel. All together. That's my passion. I pray that the Lord will lit your heart on fire. Like let Jeremiah say, Lord, if I don't talk about you anymore, your fire burns in my bones. If I shall not remember your name, then consumes me and I can't contain it. 
And sometimes I pray such a prayer and I say, Lord, if one day come and I feel like I'm lost, let that fire keep burning. But some of us, we quench the fire. Literally, you cannot keep the fire burning. It's the fire which keeps you burning. Hmm? The fire of the Holy Spirit must keep you burning. What you can do is to quench it, but it will keep burning. It will keep burning. So hard to come to that place where all the things which were spoken of him to come to pass. The question is, are you in the place where God wants you? Are you in the position that you say, Lord, yes, this is a place. Moses said, Lord, I want to see your glory. And God told me, you can't see my face. But you go to this place and I push by my hand in the craft of the rock. And you see me passing by, but don't see my face. Moses had to go in that place. And the hand of God pushed him into the craft of the rock. He had to come to a place because what did he have to see? And God said, you will see my goodness. Moses desired to see the glory. And God said, you will see my goodness. Because he had seen the glory before. He had seen the Red Sea opening. He had seen miracles in Israel. I mean, in Egypt. But now he said, I want to see your glory. What else did Moses want to see? He never knew the side of the goodness of the Father. That's why he comes out and say, the Lord is slow to anger. Abounding in love. He does not count on our sins and repairs according to transgressions. No. That's a revelation that Moses came out with from the presence of God. Because he came to a place where God wanted to show him his goodness. Some of us, we ask prayers and we, we ask actually a miss. But there's something else God desires from us. Are you able to go to that place? One of the things that we must do I tell you, and this one does not disqualify anybody. Is reaching out the people who are lost. That one, anybody can do it. You can just say, Jesus loves you. Invite somebody to church. Reach out to them. Show them the love of Christ. That one only will change them. The people can just look at your smile and say, Nobody has ever smiled to me like you've smiled. Just that. You never know that your smile has such an anointing that can change someone's life. Some people just have to stand with them in prayer and encouragement. You are used of God. Just this week on, yeah, this week on Monday, this past week on Monday. There's a friend of mine in the U.S., she's, uh, she's a lady. She had a daughter who was pregnant, and at around three, four months, her daughter had complications. And the doctor said, either both of them will die or one will live. And she told me that my daughter has to go in the hospital for two, two to three months. And she says that, but the, boy, the child will be born premature still. So, the child was born a premature, still. And they stayed in, in hospital for something like three months again because the child had to stay on machines for a long time. And the doctors say that 
The child may not live for long, or if he lives long, he will have many surgeries. And one thing they noticed was he had holes in the heart. As little as the child was, they said he may have surgeries on the heart and the brain, or he may have cerebral palsy. And they say, I told this lady, the word of God says, I bore you. Even from your mother's womb, I'll hold you up and I'll see you and I'll bear you. Even your old age, I'll be with you. And it says, says the Lord. Isaiah 46. And I thought that child will live. I'm in Uganda, she's in America. That was now in February this year. On Monday, they took back the child to the hospital. And the doctor checked, they brought the cardiologist. They did the echo and the ECG, everything. And the doctor, the cardiologist told them and said, what are you doing? What happened to this girl? And the doctor said that we don't see holes in the heart. Even the one remaining is just going now, as we see. The cardiologist could not believe it. It was a miracle. And you don't know how much this lady, she was so encouraged by that testimony. God still can do miracles, but you can speak the word. Because you, when you speak the word of God, God honors that word. God honors that word. God is not limited. But we limit God. God wants to do everything through the church. There's a scripture that says in the book of Ephesians. Quickly, I'm going to read there. And it says that Ephesians 3 verses 10. It says that in order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church. To the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This is the thing. He said that they might be known through the church. God is not doing anything without the church. It is the church that can disqualify itself, but God can do nothing without the church because the church has the Holy Spirit. God will do everything with you. If you avail yourself and say, here I am, Lord. Use me. It is possible. Say, it's possible. It is possible. If I start to share the testimonies of what God has done, we may end the morning tomorrow. I tell you. And most of these miracles, me, they humble me. They humble me greatly. And I'm like, Lord, who I am? I was in Durban, and there was a lady called Cloty. She was 90 years and three years blind in one eye with a, with a black thing. The eye was completely blind for three years. Then after preaching, I said, I'm done. And the Lord told me, take back the microphone. Then I asked the pastor, I said, Pastor Noel, please, can I have back the microphone? God has told me something, I've got to do it. Because I'm very cautious when I hear the voice of God. God told me there are two people here. One is deaf, one is blind. I didn't know them. It was the first time to be in that church. And 
The lady was just sitting right the left hand side where I was standing. She was 90 years. And then I told them there's one other person who is deaf and not the man who was standing back for 48 years. He was born deaf in that one ear. And then I said, Lord, yes, I thank you, Lord. And then I looked at this woman, but their eye was complete. Like I say, oh, Jesus, but you do it. So, uh, you know, sometimes with healing ministry, sometimes you, um, only if you have confidence uh, in the Lord, like, you know what I mean, eh? But, you know, you look in someone's eyes, not able to, and say, oh, God. I said, but uh, I've I, I prayed for, for the deaf and they've opened. So I will start with the deaf person. You come, I pray for you. So I prayed for this man, who was called Quinton. He was there for 48 years. His ear opened up. Ah, my confidence raised. My faith raised. Lord, who has done it, this woman must see. In the name of Jesus. So this is what happened. This woman came up with her daughter, who was 65 years. They came on the front. And daughter told me, this is my mother. She's 90 years, but this eye has been blind since she was 87 years. I said, and she told me this, my mother was an evangelist. And I said, Lord, if she has to die, she will not die blind. I, God forbid, in the name of Jesus. And I said, thank you, Lord. So I laid my hand on her eye. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command the blind eye to open. I command this black thing to come from your eye in Jesus' name. You know what happened? The eye did not open immediately. <laughs> but this is what happened. I asked her, what do you see? And she said, I am seeing kind of water on my eye. Kind of water on my eye. Kind of a mirage of water in my eye. Ah, the scripture came to pass. And I remember there when Jesus prayed for a blind man and asked him, what do you see? And the man said, I see men walking like trees. I said, now, Lord, as it was that time, it's happened today. <laughs> and I said, like that man could not see anything, but could see men walking like trees. So this woman does see nothing but just kind of water on her eye. God, you must do a second touch and heal. Suddenly, the woman's eye opened. And I was in Awi. I knelt down. I cried. I said, Lord, only you can do this. What doctors cannot do, God can do it. And I just imagine if I was not in that place, what would have happened? Maybe you should have said blind. You know, God puts you in a place in the right moment, in the right time. For somebody to be changed and be transformed because you are there. You are there. God counts on you. Say, God counts on me. Say with me, God counts on me. And this is what Paul said. He said, because he counted me faithful. And he put me into service. So God counts on you. And he said, I want to see if you, if you can do it. And he knows you can do it. So that's what Paul said. He counts on me and he counted me to become faithful. And he put me into his service. So it's by the grace of God that you can serve. It's by the grace of God that you stand in ministry. It's by the grace and the joy inexpressible of his love that Jesus Christ loved you. And he died for you and me. And shed his blood because your sin and my sin will be wiped away forever and ever. So the same gift that you received 
Don't reserve it. Go top somebody. You know, when you have something good, you don't want to keep it. Mm -hmm. That's why we came to South Africa. God told me to come. <laughs> he told me to come. And I, I, I was sharing with Pastor Yaku as we were driving. We share with him when I come. So, and you know, I was coming alone this time. Uh, this is my eighth time in this country. And I've been coming every year. It's only COVID that stopped me. Because we couldn't fly into it. But if they allowed us to come, I would have come still. This is what happened. God told me to come to South Africa. And I, I, was, I, I thought I was coming alone. Then I said, let's say my, my daughter said, I want to come with you, Dad. I said, okay. And uh, the Lord told me, you are going with the whole family. And I said, Lord, where am I going to get all these monies? <laughs> and he reminded me that always it's been me who has been providing for you. When I sat down to count everything, I needed 40,000 rands. And I said, Lord, if you say I go, I, I've known, I, I cannot say no, I'm going. So I began planning. To cut the story short, I am here. I flew the whole family to South Africa. And we are going to travel through the whole country. Five provinces. In four weeks, I have been to seven provinces of this country. Seven of them. Only two remaining. I think in Pumalanga and there's another one I'm forgetting. Uh, I've been to Polokwani and those areas. I've been, there's only two remaining. So I think I know much of South Africa than some people in South Africa actually. <laughs> Amen. So if God tells you you go, you go. Say, so I'll go where he wants me to go. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. I, may I tell you, I love, I told the people in the morning in South Africa, I told them, if you want to quench the thirst of Jesus, give him a soul. <laughs> if he, you know, Jesus is thirsty. Not he's thirsty because of you, he's thirsty because the other people are going to hell. So if you want to quench the thirst of Jesus, give him one soul. Give him one soul. There's one time I, I had a friend who came from Guatemala to our country. I welcomed her. We organized 17 meetings to train people how to reach on one-on-one -on -one evangelism. I want to tell you something that shocked me just recently when we did the Great Commission of our conference. We had the pastors, 25 pastors in a church. And after training them about the Great Commission of our conference, I told them we are going out. And I said, even the pastors, we are going out, the prophets in the house, we are going out to preach the gospel. And two of them, they said, we are not going. And I told them, as young as I am, I command you, you are going out. And I'm going to look after you. I'll watch you when you're going out. I, when it comes to souls, I don't joke. I told them, we are going out. And I told them, the pastor who also said, everybody should go out. Everybody, the whole church went out to the field in 30 minutes. They reached out to 150 people. And they prayed with 95 of them. I think around 40 of them got saved in 30 minutes. Just 30 minutes. And they came back with a report, with the decision cards. I told them, can you see what can happen if we go out one on one? Do you know how? Multiplication can be easy. When you go out to reach out, just that one person. 
Now, in 2022, in COVID, we had a break there in the middle there. That friend of mine came. We had 17 meetings in 21 days, traveling on road with her, training people and pastors. Let's go out and preach the gospel. And we, every time we tell them we go out, we go. Nobody stays behind. Ah, if I'm not there, you, you cannot stay behind. We went out. And I tell you, in 17 meetings, we trained our 1,355 people. And almost 2,000 people will reach out in just going out. When they come, they go out. 559 souls came to Christ in only 17 days. And every time we went out, 30 to 1 hour, they come back with a report. That's how multiplication began. Now, most of those churches, they're still doing the same. They lit a fire. Do you know why? You cannot coin the fire of the gospel. If you quench it, one will pick it up. Are we together? My prayer for you. That you become that person that God wants to become. A fisher of men. In Africa, we say fishers from men, sir. Is that right? Fishers of men. Is that right? Ah, you know, I love those specific words because they touch me. <laughs> fishers from men, sir. Fishers of men. You have to be in a place, so hard to be in a place that he may receive the power and may prophesy and return into another man. Now, it's very sad that the time came that Samuel had to introduce him to the people. Do you know what was happening? The Bible said, and the elders were asking, where is the man? And Saul was hiding. The Lord told them, he's hiding in the baggages. And the men ran to find Saul hiding. Do you know why? He was fearing his destiny. They had to find him somewhere. You know, like, for example, you have your present and stand to swear in. And now the occasion is there. And they're asking, what is the president? And they say, he's hiding somewhere. So men have to go and run for him. So they ran for so where he was hiding. Today, in the name of Jesus, I pray for you. Wherever you've been hiding, you are coming out in Jesus' name. Stop hiding. Stop hiding from your calling. Stop hiding from your purpose. Me, I, I said, Lord, here I am, use me. Here I am, use me, Lord. I shared with the people in the morning service. Even last time when I was here, I shared the same testimony. When God called me, I am 33 years. I got saved when I was 13 years. At 17 years, God spoke to me. And he, uh, he told me, I have called you. But he never specified which kind of calling. So when I was 17 years, God began to deal with me in a special way. I did, when I was uh, 17, yeah. Then I finished my high school. I went to go for a Bible college. It never happened. My pastor told me, you have to pursue your degree. I went further. I did my bachelor's of entrepreneurship in a degree in Macquarie University. When I graduated, the Lord told me, I need that degree now. Give it to me, lay it on my feet. And I said, Jesus, you know, I have just finished. I have no, I'm suing my mother. I have no work. I have nothing. Lord, you cannot say I give my degree. I've got to go and work. And God told me, you can never give to me and lose with me. 
And the Lord told me that woman that poured expensive perfume at the feet of Jesus. And they said, why a waste? He told me, they may say, why a waste? But you can never give to God and lose with God. Never. I obeyed. I said, yes, Lord. That was February 2015. I don't know what it means to go to work from morning up to evening. But I know what to work in the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God, there is a lot of work. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In the world, we have so many people, but limited jobs. In the kingdom of God, it's a vice versa. In the kingdom of God, there's so much work, but a few are willing to go. In the world, there's so many of them, but they have no jobs. <laughs> and I said, it's only in the kingdom of God where nobody has no employment. There is no anybody who has unemployment in the kingdom of God. You can do anything in the kingdom. And I said, Lord, I surrender. I tell you from that day until now, I have never lacked. I have traveled. I have ministered. I have the public address system. I have a truck. I was saying, Pastor Ayaku, I bought 12,000 US dollars. I have the PS system that I bought, God provided. Now I've been adding on it. It's close to 50 million now. All my equipments are almost around 500,000 runs I use for the gospel. And all that money was given to me because of a soul. God provided and I was faithful. And I used the money for the right purpose. Some of us, God can use us, but we've never put God to work. Mm -hmm. You have to put God to, you have to put a demand on the anointing. Amen. So my prayer today is, we get to a place where God can get us and can use us. You can only limit yourself, but God is unlimited. Are we together? Can I share one more thing and we pray? Pastor Yaku, I shared this thing last time, but I just felt the Lord tell me again to share it again. This is what happened. My brother, come. 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 Just stand there. You come as well. Just stand there. This is something that the Lord revealed to me. When I was reading about Jesus feeding the 5,000 people and the 4,000 people, this is the thing. Sometimes we focus so much on the 5,000 that were fed by Jesus. But we miss the people that God used to supply the 5,000. And who were the apostles? So this is what happened. They had little fish and little bread. No, it's not much. But this is a revelation I got. When Jesus opened up his mouth and said, thank God, he blessed the bread and broke it. He broke the limitation which was on it. And the bread did not multiply in the hands of Jesus. It multiplied in the hands of the apostles. And remember, they were taking care of the 50, 50 groups people. And I also got to understand even the bread must, must have multiplied in the hands of the people. Because as you receive, you receive from Jesus, he gives to you, and you give to us. So sometimes we miss these people. 
We don't focus on the apostles, the pastors. These vessels that Jesus uses to reach out to this multitude of people. Sometimes we focus on the end result, but not in the middlemen. We don't focus on the process, how it goes there. I want to say to you, my brother, my sister, ministers of God, you are a vessel, you are a conduit of God that God wants to use. Through you, multiplication will be there. Through you, the anointing will multiply. Through you, there will be much grace given to other people. As received from him, you will give to the people. He will make sure that you have more than what you need. I can go back and say thank you. There are always people in the middle there that needs it. Amen. That is my prayer. So we are going to pray now. I don't know why. You can pray for yourself. Just rise up on your feet. Um, it is you to say, Lord, use me. Lord, send me. Lord, take me where you want me to be. Lord, change my life. Use me. Somebody speak to God. Just talk to God. Just tell me, Lord, I, I am here. You can turn me into another man I've not known before. You can make me that vessel. You can make me that person that you want to use. For I am willing and obedient. Holy Spirit, I thank you because of faithful. Oh, I need you, my father. Tell him, talk to him. Let him understand your heart desire. Maybe it's your purpose that you desire from him. Let God know that. Maybe you've had prophetic words in your life, but you've never taken the chance to get where it is required of you to do. This evening, this year before it ends, and coming years to come, may God use you and be of that vessel that is honored by God. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria. <laughs>